Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other mediums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of Truth Revival. We've got some exciting guests today. Got some new faces on here. And as always, with me today, we've got Mr. Paul Chapman. Nationwide, Paul Chapman. And also, for the first time, I can't tell if it's uh, uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman. Who we got here? <laughs> Nehemiah Ward. Nehemiah Ward. Now, Paul's got a nickname for you, right? Yeah, I go by Nemo. Is that what everybody calls you? Pretty much. Okay, well, cool. Nemo, and also on the uh, video feed, we got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible, Danny Strickland. <laughs> Danny. You got Little Nemo and Mr. Incredible today. Ooh, <laughs> Little Nemo and Mr. Incredible. I love it. So Amen. before we got started, Danny was going to tell the story of the Chupacabra. And I said, Danny, we got to record this. So you are are you ready to tell the story, Danny? Well, it's actually, it's not actually just my story. It's actually a, a Paul Chapman story. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So Paul, do you want to lead us off? Do you want me to tell? I, I'm going to tell it. I'll just tell it. Look. <laughs> We, Danny, well, we're all, Nemo, Danny, and I, we're all in construction. And so we were getting our certification for lead-based paint. So we were going to Nashville. And as I, I was packing, the Lord told me not to go. Okay. And I'm walking out the door, and I said, I really feel like the Lord don't want me to go. And my wife said, I kind of feel like you're not supposed to go. So I'm like, ah. he's an arm twister. If if you know Pops, I call him Pops. It, He's an arm twister. Anyway, so we're, we're going, and his, his son Hunter's in the back seat, and we're going down Oak Grove Road, and we get about to Corinth Church over there uh, before we get into Loudon, and we come around this curve, and this is no joke. This hell this hellhound steps out in the middle of the road, and it's crossways in the road over the double yellow line, and that thing looks at us with neon eyes. Hair standing up on the back of his head, fangs <laughs> dripping. I'm serious. Wow. And it looks at us and snarls, and I'm thinking, dear God, what is this? Chupacabra. And about the time we hit it, it dissipates. It was there, but it was a spirit. Uh, well, Paul, you're exactly right. I hit the brakes, and uh, <laughs> I slammed the brakes on back, turned it sideways, and my son's like screaming, like, what are you going to do? And, I said, and Paul looked at me, and Paul said, Take me home. So, look, guys, either that monster drink we drank before we left the house or something, I don't know, but I was just glad to get back to the house. Either way, I don't know what it was. We've told that story a thousand times. Everybody rolls on the floor and laughs at us. Yeah. Paul was a newlywed. I don't know if he just wanted to hurry and get back home or what really happened. Uh, it was crazy, and nobody believes it, but it, it really did happen. <laughs> it was almost it was almost demonic. I don't know if it was a black cougar. They say they don't exist in Tennessee, or if it was a demonic spirit. I don't know what it was, but 
I'm going to leave that up to Paul to, to, to clarify everything for us. It was a hellhound straight out of the pits of Satan's oh. army, I promise you. <laughs> wow. The, well, there's been myths mentioned about the Chupacabra. And, so I don't know and what Paul, else to Paul say. Seen it. Me and Paul seen it. Yeah, no joke. That's for real. Well, I tell you what, when a man sees a chupacabra, it'll either draw him closer into the demonic world, it'll draw him closer to God, I guess. Amen. Right? That's the truth. Amen. That's the gospel. That's right. So, so today, our uh, our topic of discussion is going to be back on, on worship. And Paul and Nehemiah kind of put this thing together. So worship is a very powerful thing. We've already uh, done a podcast several uh, episodes ago on true worship and how God is calling for true worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth. Paul, I'm just going to let you introduce this and and you uh, can turn Nehemiah loose. Just, you know, we're just going to let this flow. So um, talk to us a little bit about worship. We were, we've been talking, Nehemiah and I have known each other for years and uh, he's always been a, a big worshiper and, um, got a heart for worship and I think the Lord's anointed him to, to write worship songs and um, and just be a leader in the forefront in that that realm of the kingdom. And he was sharing some stuff with me that he had been doing a, a word study on, on worship and and like clapping and rejoicing and all these things. And it really intrigued me and I was like, hey man, why don't you come to the podcast and share this with us because it's really awesome. So Nehemiah, just uh, share your heart, man, and we'll just fall in and, and talk. Amen, Paul. Well, I'll just kind of spring off of what Roman just said about spirit and truth, because actually this week I've been thinking a lot about the truth side of that. And it pertains to some of the things that I'm going to bring up here is that truth is the word of God, for one thing. And God has given us many different instructions throughout his word. And spirit comes from the life uh, that God has given us when he breathed into man, you know, that, that word is our word for spirit actually. And so when he breathed into us, we have spirit. So we have to worship him with the life that he's given us. And in truth is in response to the way that he has taught us. Anything else would be worshiping a pagan God because they don't worship in the truth of the God that has revealed himself with the covenant with Abraham and then with the children of Israel and then with Jesus on the cross and brought the church and delivered us from sin. All of that doesn't happen when you worship a different way. So he has taught us how to know him, how to worship him. And so that's what I've been concentrating on with the thought of being in truth. And so when you're look into the scriptures, you start seeing how many different things that God teaches us about worship. And so I was praying, this this message kind of started when I was praying about, Lord, you have done so many things in my life, and I want to worship you, and I declare those things, but sometimes it's really hard to connect with other people to share what's in your heart, because you instinctively know it, but you don't know how to express it in a way that somebody else can really get what you've been going through and what God has done in you. And so I was praying it and I was like, God, I want to be able to share this. This is so personal and so real, but sometimes I just can't put it into words because when you say it, somebody will repeat it back to you. And I'm like, that's kind of the opposite of what I was thinking actually. And, (laughs) and you just, and you're like, I want to share this. And so God over the next couple of days just really started putting this. And it turned into a four part sermon is actually what it turned into. Uh 
And um, so I'll just go down those those four things that that came up were um, to have um, hunger for God and to have a passion for God, to have a relationship with God and obedience for God. And those four different things are essential. You can't have any of this. Mostly what I'm talking about this morning probably is the fourth point of obedience. Okay. Well, let me, uh, let's try to get old Danny involved over here. Danny, how many years have you been in the ministry? Uh, that's a good question, Roman. I was just thinking about that the other night. So I'm 50 years old and, uh, God called me, um, I got saved when I was 16 years old. God, uh, God led me, uh, to him through a friend I visited, uh, heard a little old preacher at Mount Vernon Baptist church, uh, share the gospel of Jesus Christ that, that I had a father that loved me and that, and I thought, no, my dad, I've never heard my dad say that he loved me, but that little old preacher, I just went that night to church to Mount Vernon. It was Harold Duckett. You, some of you guys know Harold Duckett. And he said that Jesus Christ loved me and, and he paid for my sins. And, and then he went through the whole entire gospel presentation. And that night, I'll never forget, it was just like, I've got to find more out about, you know, this. So I started going to a little small church here in Madisonville. About There was about 10 people, Watson's Chapel Baptist Church. And as I sat there every Sunday, that preacher kept explaining the same thing that, you have a father that loves you. And I thought, well, my dad was an alcoholic. And I thought, well, I'm not so sure. Then I realized that he was talking about someone else mm, and that yeah. this father had seen his son. And so I gave my life to the Lord Friday the 13th, 1987. And I was 16 years old. And on oh. that uh, on that Friday the 13th, there was no superstition or cheaper <laughs> cobbler there. <laughs> but it was all... Uh, it was all me just uh, surrendering, surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. And, and I, I wouldn't do it before at the little small church of 10 people. Then they took us to Pigeon Forge. And there I sat in front of 5,000 kids at a big youth conference. And, and I, was, I was backward and didn't know really what to do. Didn't know how to pray. I got down there. I didn't know how to pray. But I know that my heart was just so burdened wanting Jesus. Wow. I, I wanted this father they talked about. So I surrendered my life in uh, 1987. That's way back yonder. 1988, Friday the 13th, uh, 88, I don't remember exactly. It fell on a different night. I think the youth conference on a Saturday night. Then I think this was on a Sunday night. I surrendered my call to preach exactly a year later on Friday the 13th, wow. a year later. And uh, sort of odd, I know. And uh, and then they licensed me to preach on Friday the 13th, the year after that. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. So I guess that's a cheaper copper <laughs> moment there, I guess, for you, Paul, but I don't know. But anyway, so I've been from 1988 is when I made my call to preach. So somebody do the math and tell me. That's a long time. Thirty hey, something years ago. Yeah. It's been a while. And you know, uh so thirty three years, Danny. <laughs> How many years is that? Thirty three years. Thirty three years, yeah. And I'm still young, so I just turned fifty, uh, uh, couple months ago. Hey Amen. And so when I hear Nehemiah talk about obedience, that's what made me think about you, Danny. I've you've been traveling, preaching the gospel, pastoring. I've heard you preach yep. many, many times, and you've stayed faithful through a lot of things. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, there was there's nothing for me to go back to because uh, right. God's been so good to me and. 
and Satan has really bombarded my mind, even as a young man, and even after I got married, um, trying to get me to to fall into the stuff of the world. And I, I would battle that many nights, but there was never anything for me to go back to because when you're when your dad when you got a family of there's nine brothers and sisters, and your dad's a raging alcoholic, and you see the stuff of the world, and when you're delivered from that, there's just uh, there's no turning back, and and I just uh, I thank God for grace and mercy, and but you got to remember I never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ until I was 16 years old and I lived right here in Madisonville, Tennessee. Never heard the gospel at one time, and a lot of people say, well, maybe it's back out in ball play or where Paul is or back in the sticks. No, I was in I was in Madisonville, right behind the skate lands, right behind the slave a lot. And I live, folks, here's the thing. I lived a hundred foot from a Baptist church, a hundred foot. Yep. I could literally look out my window and see the steeple. Okay. I was, I, I was right beside a country church. So th- the thing about this is guys, look, talking about worship and all this stuff and, and we're, you know, being in the faithfulness and the obedience, uh, you know, when we worship, we got to remember that people are watching us. And people are looking. And I remember what, as a little kid seeing people worship at the church. And, and I didn't ask mom, what are they shouting about, mom? They'd bring buses in. They'd be shouting. And mom said, they're having church. And I never understood that. The main thing is, guys, look, as we talk about worship, we just got to remember to always remember before we can even worship, um, when we get our relationship with Christ in the right place and where we need to be and we really t- truly surrender then that's when worship breaks free. Amen. Danny, I think that's one thing that when Nehemiah said that, I thought about obedience as an expression of worship. Mm-hmm. Would you agree, yeah, Nehemiah? Yeah, Can we connect those two? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, just, you know, just go with your thoughts. But to me, I, you know, we, we, we look at worship as coming in many different forms a lot of people think, well, I've got to be in the house of God with some type of music playing uh, with, with, in order for me to worship. Well, worship can take many different forms. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It takes forms that, honestly, I think God wants us to explore because we've been so um, definitive of worship is a service of church or something like that, and God wants us to explore that. Um, one of the passages was in Samuel um first samuel 15 and it's a very common passage yeah and it's where one of the most quotable scriptures comes from where it says um to obey is better than sacrifice and i was reading through that as it pertains to obedience because that's what it was all about god had come to samuel he told saul to go um take and and destroy a nation that had been killing the women and children of Israel when they were mm-hmm. moving through the wilderness. And so God had told them that they were to be removed. And he came back and didn't kill all the animals. He had a whole bunch of animals. And when Samuel went out to meet him, he said, he said, what have you done? And Saul said, oh, you know, I've saved the best of the animals to sacrifice, <laughs> to, sacrifice to you. Sacrifice, yeah. And he said, he said to, to obey is better than sacrifice. He said, the, um, in that passage that really stood out to me, he said, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. He was rebelling. He was saying that he was going to worship God, yeah. but he was rebelling from what God had said to do. Mm. And then the next phrase, I didn't even remember it. I'd heard that quote thousands of times and didn't even remember it when I was reading through it. It says, stubbornness is the same thing as idolatry. 
And I was like, he just took that into the realm of worship because idolatry is worship of a false god. Yes. And so when he said stubbornness, I looked that word up and I started thinking about it. Stubbornness essentially just basically means to not do what you're told. Yeah. And when God tells us many different things and we stubbornly don't do them, he was saying, oh, I'm going to sacrifice these animals and worship God. And Samuel was like, no, you can't. You can't worship God like that. He said, you're worshiping a false God is what Samuel told him. And that thought, I was like, man, if we can get that understanding into, into us when it comes to worshiping, we will begin to see some of the practical reality of what God has taught us over and over again. And that was the thought that as over the next few days, like I mentioned earlier when I was praying about that, wanting to understand and wanting to be able to express this, God just put it in the simplest terms. He's like, it's like, you know what? When I tell you to sing or when I tell you to dance or when I tell you to um, clap, I want you to do that. I want you to actually do it because the act of obedience puts you in a different place Yes. And then it, you can receive from me. And so what he, the illustration that he gave me is like walking through a dark room at, or being blindfolded in a room full of obstacles. And you have somebody telling you, take a step forward, stop, turn to the right, take two steps, mm-hmm. and, they, and you, they navigate you all the way across this room. You can't see where you're going, but you're actually moving and, and avoiding obstacles and getting to where you're supposed to go. And that's what these instructions that God does. We are both spirit and physical. God has to give us extreme, you know, all these examples are physical to illustrate what's going on, but we live in the spirit as well. We are, you know, in the spirit and it's real. It's not a, it's not an imaginary place. It's actually real. There are things in the spirit. The Bible talks about the throne room of God. It's in the spirit. There's all these different things that are really there. And when we obey, we all we see is the natural obedience. All we see is somebody clapping or somebody singing yeah. and or you know any act of obedience. That's all we see. But in reality, we're moving from place to place through the spiritual realm. And that puts us in a position to receive from God because his heart is to teach us. And as we learn that, one of the things that just came to my mind is, you know, when you're in the dark, you feel around and you try to figure out what things are. And the more you do that and you're in familiar ground, you start recognize it very easily. You're like, oh, I know what that is. That's a chair. And you know exactly what you're talking about. And, and that's what obedience does to us in worship. We begin to know these things. And so we hear his voice and we understand it and yeah. we respond. And we so, respond. So you, uh, hey, you bring up a good point there, Nemo. You said Saul, he decided what was best. Yes. He had an idea of what he thought. And God tells you to sing to dance god tells you to testify you know when god leads you in worship and and we can just say this in general in our daily lives when god leads you in a direction or god impresses it upon your heart and you say no i'm going to do something else essentially we're being like saul when god said annihilate everything yeah and saul said i'm going to only keep the best i'm going to do what's right in my own eyes. Yeah. We're stubborn. We are stubborn. Yeah. And, and you know what, and you know what Samuel said? Samuel said, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected yes. thee. Yes. Guys, that's a, that's a very serious thing. We don't have to do a lot for God to receive us. I want you to know there's no works of righteousness. There's no good things that we can do. God loves us just as we are, but he refuses to leave us that way. He's trying to shape us and mold us and make us. 
He's trying to create a people that love him and that are obedient unto him. And if we want to worship God and experience his presence, it's simply just being obedient. And, and I think a lot of that not obeying is, is fear of the unknown. You know, get, yeah, uh, yeah. the longer you entertain what's not from God, the longer you po- postpone what is. So it's all postponed what was. He was anointed king. But by his stubbornness and not obeying what God told him to do, he lost everything. God just took it away and said, hey, I'm going to give it to somebody who's after my own heart, somebody who's coming after me, somebody who's not afraid to just totally be reckless, abandoned in love and coming after me. Listen to what 1 John 4, 18 and 19 says. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. He first loved us, so therefore we love him, and we pursue him, and we want to worship him. I, we see it every week in our congregations. Pe- people are standing out there, and you can see the Lord moving on. They're just quivering. They're quivering. And you know the Lord's telling them to clap. The Lord's telling them to raise their hand. The Lord's telling them to say hallelujah. Uh, to God be the glory. To God be the praise. And, heck, let's be honest. He's telling some of them to take a running fit. You know, just obey me. If you will obey me, watch what I do. If you will obey me, I'll part the sea. If you'll obey me, I'll send manna from heaven. If you obey me, I'll make the the leper cleanse. I'll make the blind to see and the lame to walk. If you will obey me and worship me. Yeah. He's jealous. He wants our undivided attention. Yeah. Yes. Danny, give us some, give us your thoughts over there. Amen. That's all I can say. Thank God. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Guys, let me ask you this. I had this thought about clothing ourselves with church clothes and then I, I thought about and Paul said what's the, what's the title and I said church clothes Paul and he said well what, what does that mean Pops and I said well look we are the church of Jesus Christ and growing up you know how it always was you, you, you wore a certain thing to a certain building you know you you dressed in a certain way but then I started thinking about how the Bible says in the book of Colossians chapter number 3 verse number 12 and he says, therefore, as God's chosen people, mm. holy and dearly beloved. And look, when, when I get that, when I hear that word dearly loved, that does something to me because we are loved because Man. God sent his boy to die for our sins. Hallelujah. And like Roman just said, it's not our righteousnesses. It's not 33 years of preaching. It's not 33 years of singing, but it's his righteousness that has saved us. It's his love. It's his mercy. It's not by works of righteousness we have done, but it's by his mercy and grace. And the Bible says this. Here's what I want to get to. Clothe yourself. So every day we walk up, we wake up in the morning, we choose every day. Paul chose to wear that Harvest Electric shirt. Little Nemo over there, he chose to wear Batman costume. <laughs> and, uh, look, and, uh, okay, so every morning we constantly, we wake up every morning to clothe ourselves, right, with some kind of clothing, right? Well, growing up, you know, we had to, we dressed up for church, which I don't, I don't dress up for church anymore. I just, I put my clothes on and go to church. But the Bible says that we are, just believers, that we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in Colossians 3, 12, 13 through 14, that we are to clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So as I think about that, as we go into worship right here, so God, God we're, we're gathered together to worship today and, and obedience and the following of the Lord. But before we can actually even put on the armor of God to go into battle, we've got to clothe ourselves with some compassion, 
and some kindness and some humility and some gentleness and some patience. And the Bible goes on to say that we bear with each other. We forgive each other. If anybody's got a grievance against someone, we forgive as the Lord forgave you. Right. Now, if we clothe ourselves with these things, with compassion and kindness, and I, and I told Paul the other day, look, anybody, any of us can be a smart aleck. Guys, any of us can, any of us can, can wave with our middle finger at the red light when the guy's sitting there, right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Any, oh, yeah. Anybody can be it. Anybody can do that. But if we're going to clothe ourselves with all these things he's talking about, compassion and kindness, we're basically putting on the characteristics of Jesus Christ. And what a great opportunity in a world where there's so much confusion, so little worship like Nehemiah was talking about, so little worship, but so much confusion and hatred and animosity towards each other. We even look at each other. We we pick and choose who we want to worship with. But I want to say this today. We come together as God's people, and we clothe ourselves with the right church clothes, with compassion and kindness and some humility about us and some gentleness and have some patience with each other. Think what God can do in our congregation if we would clothe ourselves and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. One thing I want to say is God's good, and, and I want to take these attributes because I want to I want to confess to the world right now, as you clothe yourself with these things, I'm lacking in a lot of these areas, and I have to say not amen, but oh me. Yeah, but those things come with obedience. Boom. Those things, exactly right. you, you gather those things with obedience. Yeah. Well, as we were going through this, Paul, you mentioned love, and that was one of the two words that I sent you this week yeah. was halal, which is the Hebrew word root for hallelujah. And halal means to rant and rave like a madman. That's <laughs> yeah. what it means when you break it down. And so it's in the context of love, and that's why hallelujah is such an awesome thing because it's to rant and mm-hmm. rave about your affection for God. It's like the man who stands in you know in the romantic comedy, the man goes out in the middle of the street and goes, I love that woman. That's what it's talking about. It's being completely abandoned where no, you don't care what anybody thinks about you. It's not what it's the only goal you have at that point is to get it across to the person you're declaring your love to that you really do love them. Yeah. And that's what hallelujah really means is saying all praise, all my love, everything that I have is to you, God, wow. because that's what I want. And that's what I don't want anybody. I don't care what anybody thinks, whether I'm a fool in everybody else's eyes. Hallelujah means to rant and rave like that, to be just completely lo- lose your mind in love for God. Dude. Hey man, that's great, guys. <laughs> that's awesome. And listen to this Psalms 100. I want to read this because uh, we talked about it earlier in the week. It says, Psalms 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. How many of us actually serve him with gladness? Man, I'm like Eeyore the donkey. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. Hallelujah. We are his. Let us get that deep down in our gut. We are his. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. That means he's feeding us. We don't got to worry. He's watching us and he's providing for us. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Woo! Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness is to all generations. That's you, me, our kids, our grandkids, our grand-grand-grandkids until Jesus comes back. Thank God. Yes. And praise break. Amen. Yeah. 
We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Paul, after a long day of work, you're tired, Heather's tired, or maybe even after church on Sunday afternoon. Everybody's got to eat. So where are you going? I'm going down to see Juan and the family at Senor Lopez, 105 Mecca Pike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee, where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now, the continuation of Truth Revival. Boys, I'm, tell- I'm sitting here. We got this microphone, got all this gear around us. I'm having a hard time like holding myself back. Yeah. Because man, I love worshiping the Lord. It's so and, good. Now, listen, worship, worship can get emotional. Would you all agree? Absolutely. I'm it, the king emotional. You told me that, right? It's easy. <laughs> it's easy for worship to get emotional. And, and you know what, man? I can get excited real easy. I get excited at, at UT football games. Man, they was doing the Rocky Top and the Power T, and when the Vols ran out, ran out uh, during the home opener, I was just like, it was electric. My and, daughter's on the way up there this morning. Well, you know, <laughs> there's something. I mean, when it, when people come together unified in really anything, it can be a euphoric experience. Yes. But there's something different about worship. There's something different about when people come together in the name of Jesus. To worship Almighty God. You mean God created us to be people of community. And so no wonder people go to rock concerts or people go to clubs or people go to different venues or events and they find that sense of harmony and community in those other places. But worship is, is different because worship is people seeing themselves as broken and acknowledging that God is the one who restores the brokenness. People who are hopeless and Christ is the one who restores that hope. People in the darkness and Christ is the one who brings that light. People in despair, but it's Christ the one who brings that joy. And so as as Paul is reading this, guys, I got saved at an early age, but I'm here to tell you, life has not always been a bed of roses. Life has not always been full of rainbows and butterflies. There's been some hard times. But I've come to realize through it all, God has been the one that has helped me through those trials and tribulations, those struggles, those trials. And so when I get to enter into his presence, it is such a great privilege for me to get to say, God, it's from you that all things come. Yeah, all good things they they come from you, oh Lord. You know, when Paul, you was reading that. You know, by entering into His courts with thanksgiving, I must have my mind focused on the Lord. Uh, Nehemiah, you had brought up a couple points in the uh, initial text that we had sent out, and the first one that you had sent out was was having a hunger for God. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell you something, guys. You're not going to have a hunger for God when you're full of the world. That's right. It's true. And I believe that's what has happened to a lot of our churches. Guys, it's so easy to get full of the world. We're busy. Everybody works their jobs. Everybody's got their lives. I mean, kids are playing sports just about year-round now. We are trying to find new series to watch on Netflix so that we can binge on 
you know, whatever streaming platform that we're, that we're on. We're just constantly busy, busy, busy. And we filled our lives with these things and we wonder why there's no power in our yeah. service. Why the, why the Holy Spirit isn't moving freely and setting at liberty the captives. It's probably because we're not hungering for God. Nehemiah said something earlier about how he teaches us uh, to find him and worship him in new areas and new aspects. And, and it's not just the normal way we think of worship all the time. Uh, he'll, he'll listen to this. This, this is, is John uh, 5, 19, 20 says, So Jesus said to them, True, true, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees his father doing. You're obeying what you see. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. The father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. We do those things out of obedience. And the more we obey, the more I obeyed my father and I gained his trust, he showed me more. He revealed more to me. He he, he taught me how to drive. He taught me how to do these things. And the, the more he trusted me, the more the more he showed me. And he says, and greater works than these, he will show him so that you may marvel. So the more we worship and the more we obey Nehemiah, the more he trusts us, the more he's going to reveal more to us, the more, the more he's going to give us more authority in, yeah. in, in him and in his name. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And as you're saying that, I was thinking of the, the other word that I sent you, rejoice. And I was actually in a worship service maybe a month and a half ago, and God just kind of put it in my heart. He said, he said look up the word rejoice, because we were singing a song about rejoicing. And I was like, I know what rejoice means. It means to have joy again. And he said, no, look it up. And as I was going through and looking it up, I had to actually stop the whole service and say, guys, I just learned something that was absolutely amazing. And what rejoice means was just blowing me away. And it says, it, when I looked at the etymology, which is how a word goes through its process and becomes the word that we use today. And what rejoice essentially means, it says, to have a fierce joy. A fierce joy. A fierce joy. Fierce a menacingly wild and intense or violently forceful. In other words, to rejoice means to force others to see the joy that's inside of you. I like it. <laughs> and it, But the, the re actually comes from that, that forceful thing. It's actually reference to a lion roaring, how when they roar, everything in the area knows that they're the king and they're there. And so to have that fierce joy that will... Just basically in your face. I've got the joy of the Lord inside of me, and you can't. You can't live and be around me without knowing that. Yeah, I, you know, I'm gonna awesome. I'm gonna tag onto that Nehemiah because when a person has that type of joy, that type of energy, we can feel it. Mm. It's enthusiastic. Yes. It's contagious, right? Have you ever been around that person that's just excited about something? And because they're excited, you get excited too. That's the way we ought to be about serving Christ. There ought to be joy in serving the Lord. We ought to be fierce in how we serve God, just energy and enthusiasm. But instead, I think a lot of times it's just like, well, Jesus saved me. 
<laughs> it's because we're full of the world, I'm like you said, Ron. On my way to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> that that your mentality, and when our when we come into our church, our churches are dead and cold. God is vibrant. God is alive, and I, the the church needs to be revived. The church needs to rejoice. The church needs to rise up. And and guys, man, I'm feeling it in my spirit, and I want that. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. The world ain't got nothing for me. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. That is that yes. is my desire. And yes. and it comes through obedience. It comes yeah. through worship. Um so guys, just anybody else, just just thoughts, what's on your heart right now? Um when you were reading Psalm 100, it goes back to some one of the things that I mentioned about um, the reality of the spirit. There are many things listed in, in there and it talks about enter his courts. Well, his courts, he's giving us an illustration of a king's court in a natural, but he's describing another spiritual thing. I just loved how that ties together with the idea that we're actually moving in the spirit when yep. we obey. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. Coming toward him. Yeah. Yep. When we're obeying, we're going to him. When we're worshiping him, we're going to him. You think about the lady with the alabaster box. She's probably the only person in history that ever snuck up on Jesus. <laughs> you know, he was there eating. He was doing his thing, and, and she came up behind him, and she broke it and, and anointed him and, and wiped his feet with her hair and, and prepared him for the burial. She was worshiping him. Why was she worshiping him? Listen to this. Why was she worshiping him? She was thanking him for what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. She was thanking him for, hey, yeah. you're going to die, and you're going to rise again, and you're going to take me with you. She was, and that, that worship, you know, is, is we go to him. She went to him. And when we enter his courts, we're going to him. And yes, amen. In, in, in keeping with this, the thought that just came to me on that is that when we obey, we create an environment where God is, is pouring into us and we don't lose that. It's it stays more consistent in us. Yes, and yeah. that that consistency makes us have um, a testimony in any environment. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I can share a little bit of testimony. Um, eight years ago, this week, my first wife, my late wife, passed away from cancer, and I remember a testimony that happened. I woke up the morning she died, and I was in the hospital room with her, and she was. Um, already in a coma. She wasn't awake. And God said, sing a song. And I was like, well, what do you want me to sing? And God put the song 10,000 Reasons on my heart. And that verse, that first verse in that song, I, saw, I just got my guitar and I sat there and sang it with her in the hospital room. And it says, it says um, whatever may pass and whatever goes before me, let me be singing when the evening comes Is that for, in that first verse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She passed away that night. And we were surrounded. We had friends and family in the room when she passed away. But my kids were at home. And I remember as soon as she passed away, I was like, I need to go be with my kids. I went home. <laughs> this is hard to tell. But it's the reality of the consistency in God. I went home and I told the kids and that, you know, we knew what we were expecting. And they, I said, well, you guys, what do you want to do? And they said, we want to sing. I said, what do you guys want to sing? And they said, can we sing 10,000 reasons? Wow. And so in the morning I actually woke up, sang that song. The day transpired, my wife died. And then my kids wanted to sing it. We sang the same song. I mean, we lived that linked in the spirit. And then it didn't stop there. Three weeks later, we were at a worship service 
and we were at the fr- on the front row. We we never sit on the front row. I like to be on the back row because I don't like to <laughs> be in people's way because I'm going to be all over the place. I don't know what's going to happen. But we were on the front row, and the worship leaders started singing that, and my kids and I just started just shouting and jumping and singing to the top of our lungs. And there was somebody there that I didn't know, and a friend of mine was observing from the back, and he said. He said, man, when you guys started jumping and shouting, they didn't know what to do. He said, you, they were kind of cringy almost. But after we got done singing, I shared that testimony quickly. Of what I, said, I said, guys, this is what's, why we can't hold back because this song just means so much. Yeah. And he said he just saw the Holy, the Holy Spirit fall on these people and just melt where they were. because the And that's what... Obedience. Obedience. When you walk in that, it's consistent in any time in life, even the most difficult moments. Yes, sir. That's unbelievable. As you're saying that, I'm thinking about uh, the Lord's anointed out of Isaiah 61, verse number three. He said, he has given us beauty Mm -hmm. for ashes. Or in the place of ashes, God has given us beauty. Oil of joy in place of mourning. Yes. The garment of praise (laughs) for the spirit of heaviness. That's what God does, guys. Yes. And I'm telling you, this world is putting the spirit of heaviness on people. Yeah. This world is putting mourning, grieving upon people. This world is giving us ashes, guys. But it's God. Woo! Yes. Who gives us a garment of praise. It's God who Amen. gives us that oil of joy. Hallelujah. Thank it is Lord. God who gives us something beautiful. Mm. And boys, I'm telling you, we need the Lord. Boys, I can feel the Lord's yes. presence right now in this podcast. He's in this room, boy. Hallelujah. The Lord is here. Amen. Mm. <clears throat> Hallelujah, Rome. Hallelujah. Man, thank you, Jesus. It's unbelievable. Golly, boom, boy. He is resting here. Yep. Amen. Thank you, Father. Right. Worship you <laughs> right Amen. now, Jesus. That's, that's powerful, guys. Yeah. Um, yes, thank you, Father. And 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 I think sometimes we don't realize we literally just recorded a podcast where we talked about suffering and going through trials and tribulations, and God is drawing us closer to Him. Um, Amen. I can remember in my career, I was coming up empty, and what I was when I was striving to do, I was pursuing my ambitions and my goals and it was hollow. It was empty. I had to seek the Lord because my ministry and my career were button heads. Have y'all ever heard of that? You know, like you're trying to serve God, but you're also trying to make money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's true. Um, there's going to be conflict there. There was friction between me and the spirit. And I wasn't able to be in, in, in liberty in the presence of the Lord yeah. because there was a war going on between God's struggle for my affection. And I had to get to a place of brokenness where I said, okay, God, I'm gonna, I want to be obedient to you. And I had to get to that place where my calling and my career were in alignment. Yeah. And guys, yeah. when you get to that place where you are fulfilling your calling, and it kind of becomes a career for you. That's that place of joy. Yes. That's that place of harmony. And I want to encourage all of our listeners 
if you're out there and you're working a dead end job that you're not happy with, or if you're struggling in your life and you just feel like you're, you're just giving yourself unto the world, cry out unto the father. God will lead you. It's not God's plan for you to just uh, sacrifice yourself at your job so that you go out and you work a career and you come home and you're just dead for your kids. You give yourself away to the world and you're just dead for your family or you give yourself away and then you're just, you're not able to be used for the church. But uh, Danny, give, give us your thoughts over. You've been quiet for a while. Oh man, I'm just sitting here rejoicing with that uh, line rejoicing. <laughs> I just think about what <laughs> Nehemiah just said. Man, I'm just, uh, to be honest right now, I'm just, uh, as you're talking Roman, I'm just reflecting on the goodness of God. It just, um, I'm just, look, I'm just actually sitting here in my, recliner at that in the basement just uh reflecting on how good god's been to me for all these years and thinking about how that where he's brought me from and kept me safe and uh that i can rejoice right now with you guys and um i'll be honest with you right now i could uh i could probably i could probably kick his desk over and take off running because <laughs> i'm just i can just feel the presence of the father right now as we're all talking and i'm seeing your guys's face and and just thinking about how good the Father has been to us and that we can rejoice. And he talked about that word rejoice and uh, hallelujah. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times we sit on our hands in church and we're afraid. We're afraid to wear the church clothes in. We're afraid to wear church clothes. Let's be honest, we're afraid to put on our church clothes daily. When I talk about church clothes, I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Internally. Right? We're, we're afraid to show yeah. compassion. We're it, it, afraid to show compassion and love. We're we're afraid what somebody's going to think about us. Yeah, you're talking but about the inward man, Danny. The inward man. That's absolutely clothing yourself daily. The inward man, not the outward appearance. The man, God looks on the heart, right? right. We can trick people the on the outside. man of Jesus Christ. Let's just let him be, let's let Jesus Christ be so real in our lives that other people come and, and speak to us about, hey, what's, what's, what do you got that I don't have or whatever? Maybe I'm struggling with something, guys, and I'll be honest. I struggle with things, and and you do too. We all do. Nehemiah does, Paul does, and you do too. But let's just be honest. At the end of the day, what really matters is that we're we're actually we're clothing ourselves with Jesus Christ and put, putting Him on daily and letting Him be Lord of our lives. And I'm just I just rejoice with you guys right now. I'm just I'm just rambling, but look, I'm just I'm just thankful to be saved and thankful to be here with you guys and. Thank you for inviting me on and, and giving me the opportunity uh, to to hash and to and to freestyle with you guys or whatever we want to call this. But I've enjoyed myself tremendously, and it's just been great to be here. and And I just thank you guys so much. And let's just keep on for the Lord, Roman. What you just said about the career that wasn't said. Uh, you just followed the Lord doing that. That's going to touch. That's going to touch lots of people. It's touched my heart. It's touched Paul's heart. It's touched all of our hearts. Thank you guys for sharing the love of Jesus. Thank you for the word study on rejoice <laughs> uh, because that's awesome. Awesome, Danny, you, uh, you said, I'm just thankful that I'm saved. I think that you've taken it beyond just being saved. Danny, you've developed a relationship with God. Yeah. That's the key. We, yes. we get saved, praise the Lord, but many people stop right there. Would you agree, that's Nehemiah? Right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to take it. Oh, a, yeah. We've got to take it a step further. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm. Well, the Bible says being born again, well, and it's a baby's born. They don't have a relationship until they grow up, 
I'm not trying to add to the gospel. I'm not trying to say that we have to do something else to be saved. I'm not trying to say that at all. But once we get saved, we establish those roots. Yes. We should bear fruit. Yes. We should develop in that relationship with God, the father growing in your walk with Christ. Even, I mean, even the writer of Hebrews says, you know, that we should go from the sincere milk of the word. Yes. Onto the meat that comes with worship mm-hmm. that comes in obedience yes. that yes. comes with spending time with God in his word. Guys, I've yes. been trying to promote this podcast to people, you know, cause it's something that uh, I'm passionate about, not just this podcast, but just talking about the Lord. And, and it doesn't take long for people to know what our passions are. Would you all agree? Oh yeah, definitely. Amen. It comes out clear. Yes. Yep. It comes out clear if we're a UT fan. Mm-hmm. It comes out clear if we got a guy right now, we need to really pray for him. He's a New England Patriots fan. Uh, we really need to lift him up. Or if you uh, if you like skateboarding, you know what I mean? Or what kind of music that you enjoy. It, it comes out, like you said, clear, Nehemiah. It manifests itself. Yes. But if you're a child of God and you have a yes. relationship with, with the Father, that should be evident in your life. It should be pretty clear if you're trying to yeah. walk for the Lord. And I just, it just, it hurts me when I see the church silent. Yes. God did not die. Jesus did not die for our, for the church just so that we could remain silent. Paul even reiterated that this past uh, week when he got to, he got to speak, he got to preach here at the church. He said, we have been called to start a riot. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's to time. stir some things it, up. It's time. It's time. I mean, we, we've remained silent too long. Uh, asleep in yes. safety, rich in tradition, you know, and, and he's calling his people to rise up. Uh, he's, he's assembling his, his people together and uh, those who are his and his sheep know, know his voice. And uh, right now he's circling the wagons. Yeah, God, speaking of, you know, last year we had, you know, so many different riots and stuff going on. That's one thing God said to me is we need to have, we need to have praise protests and um, revival riots. That's what God <laughs> wants us to be having as a church. We can be the opposite, a counterculture to what's happening. Yes, amen. <laughs> well, guys, let's uh, let's go ahead and just kind of wrap this up here. Um, man, we just felt the spirit of the Lord this morning. And Nehemiah, I'm just going to uh, just just go down these the list real real quick here. You, we talked about worship. You said we need to have a hunger for God. We need to have a passion for Him in love. We need to develop that relationship with God, and we need to be obedient. Me and I've I've really enjoyed today. Danny, give us your closing thoughts real quick. Well, you put me on. You wouldn't put a man on the spot, would you? Well, I usually start on the left, and you're the guy on my left. So. Hey, uh, guys, as we as we worship, you know, let's not make it just tomorrow at the church building at eleven o'clock. But let's uh, we've been worshiping right now, Saturday morning at eight o'clock, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got a lot to we got a lot to offer praise for today and uh, every day. Let's go home to our families and worship with our families. Nehemiah said it best. You know, he's, him and his kids sang and worshiped together at home so let's not just make it a place but let's make it who we are worshiping and it's jesus christ 
and I love you guys and mm. love you, Nehemiah. I've heard Nehemiah sing for years and love Paul and love you also, brother. And thank you for inviting us on here. But let's not make it just a place, but let's make it let's make it about who it's about, who we are worshiping. Yes. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. never forget that. Danny also give a I, shout I out worship a lot of things before. Give a shout out to your church. Yeah, let's give a shout out to Chestui, um, the Lost Church at Chestui Campground, okay? Love to have anybody that wants to come down. Right on the corner of Highway 411, the church has been there for 198 years. Wow. Uh, we've merged with them right before the pandemic. So we'd love to have anybody to come down. All right. Nehemiah, just give us closing thoughts here, brother. Well, when you were running down that list there, the thought that came to me on is that you know, we can acknowledge God, but have our heart far from him. And also we can have works without faith, but you can't have faith without works. And so you can't have a heart after God without those things being, especially the obedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can obey. You can do all kinds of things to show off and have your heart yeah. far from him. But if your heart is for him, you will absolutely be yes. doing that. Yeah. Amen. Boom. Paul, closing thoughts. Whew. I've thought and thought and pondered on it, but uh, this is where I feel like the Lord wants to end. You know, Psalms 100 said, enter his courts. And when we enter his courts and worship, we're coming to him. We all know this verse, come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Beautiful. Come unto me, enter my courts. As you worship me, I'll take that worldly burden. I'll take that sin burden. I'll take everything that you're dragging with you that's weighing you down, that's giving you fear, that's giving you doubt, that's giving you anxiety, that's giving you separation from who I am. Enter my courts. Come unto me. He said, come here. Worship me. And I will give you rest. Amazing. The heart of worship. Thank you, men. Danny. Thank you, brother. Nehemiah. Thank you, guys. Paul, as always, it's been a joy. It's been a truth revival. Be sure to like us on Facebook. We're at Truth Revival 37385. Like and share the show. God bless you guys. We're out of here. <laughs>